Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the fifth Sunday of Easter, which, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, in Latin is called Cantate Sunday, and is so named because that historic introit that we prayed near the beginning of the service after the confession and absolution starts with the word in English, sing, but in Latin, when they would have had the service in the Middle Ages, up leading up to the Reformation, the first word that the Christians would have heard in this Sunday service was cantate, sing. We're living in a time and a place where singing isn't very high on the list of things that folks love to do. In large part, I think this is generally due to the location of where we generally will find music. Now, I will admit that we do listen to music in all kinds of places, like the radio in our car, or even playing on your phone, or maybe you're like me and you still like to pull out the vinyl records and you like to listen to those. Now, even though we do listen to music in a lot of different ways and in a lot of different places, the real location of music is in the concert venue. There, we are treated to an experience that grabs our ears, yes, but it also engages our other four senses as well. It's a total package of performance art. But here's the thing about performance art. It's something that we watch. It's passive in nature. Now, while I enjoy a good concert as much as the next guy, this passivity in the way we receive music has wormed its way into the modern world in some not-so-good ways. First, and most obviously, the rock concert has infected the church's worship. The irony here of this kind of worship is multifaceted. First, worship in the Middle Ages leading up to the Reformation was a piece of performance art in many ways. In many places, the Christians in the pew did not understand what was going on or what was said or what was sung, and so they simply observed the worship service. And for several centuries, they in fact did not sing at all. The choir or the priest, or whoever was in charge of the music in the congregation would generally sing all of it to the person sitting in the pew. It was the Reformation, by and large, that restored singing to the church. And so, in a very real sense, the so-called contemporary worship is a modern reflection of all of the bad stuff about worship from before the Reformation. Go figure. But there's another problem that plagues the church that I believe also stems from just listening to music. Because we just listen to music, we don't make our own music. In fact, we don't even generally like to sing all that much. Here's an anecdote to help me illustrate this point. Think back to the last sporting event that you attended where they played the national anthem. 
How many people in the stands, as they were standing, reverently, listening to the national anthem, actually sang the words? Or, when was the last time that you were at home and you sang a hymn? I'm willing to bet that even an instrumental version of the Star Spangled Banner, though is met with reverent silence, I'm guessing that we're not singing it. At least that's what it appears to me at Lutheran Central Games. When we play the national anthem at baseball games at the park, hardly anybody sings it there either. We don't crack our hymnals at home like we ought to. The hymnal is a book for the church only. Or worse, how many of you have decided during the first verse of a hymn that it's too hard and you simply close the book on it? People loved by God. Our introit begins with these words. Sing to the Lord a new song. This is not a suggestion. It is a command, but it isn't only such a com- but it isn't the only such command that we find in the Word of God. Let's take a quick tour through the Scriptures. After delivering the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt, Moses sang a song, which is recorded for us in Exodus chapter 15. And then, after Moses sings it, Miriam gets up and, inspired by the Holy Spirit, she gives this command. God commanded the people of Israel to sing the song of Moses after him. When David moved the Ark of the Covenant closer to Jerusalem, God at that moment commanded the people to sing. There are countless verses in the psalm, just like in our intro from Psalm 98, in which our God commands us to sing. Our Old Testament reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 12, God commands the people to sing. Jeremiah, Zephaniah, and Zechariah all record commands from God to sing. The Apostle James, who we heard just a few minutes ago in a different part of his letter, writes this. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. St. Paul writes in Colossians, Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. Now, I'd like at this point, having looked at some of those passages, to take a little bit of a different approach. When the Bible gives us glimpses of heaven... We're told that the angels also sing praises to God. For instance, in Job chapter 38, God tells Job that while he was laying the foundation of the world, the angels were actually singing God's praises. When Isaiah, the same prophet we heard just a moment ago, saw God and his angels come into the temple, his angels were actually singing a song that you know very well. Holy Holy, holy Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In Revelation, the angels and the company of heaven surrounding the throne of God sang another song, one that we have already sung here this morning. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb, who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Without a doubt, this praise in heaven flows from God's word 
to the angels. And so, people loved by God, we cannot simply be spectators in the church's worship. In fact, it goes the, against the expressed command of God when we close the hymnal, hymnal and refrain from singing in worship. We can't even make the excuse that we can't sing well. If we go down a little bit farther, just in our intro it, we said these words, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The Bible doesn't say that you have to be a good singer to sing the praises of God. It just tells you to do it. And I really do hate to point, uh, to harp on a point. I guess that's sort of my job, though. But when adults, especially us dads, don't sing, that really does teach our children something about the place of singing in worship. One of the most disheartening things that I have seen when I go to do chapel at our school is the kids not singing the hymns. And they learned at some point that it's okay not to sing in church. This rolls over into the classroom when I try to get my kids to sing there too. And unfortunately, when we have Christmas program practice, the older kids who have already decided that singing is no longer cool, they're also teaching the younger children who look up to them that singing is not cool. But people loved by God, music is God's gift to the church. Even if the world was devoid of music, we would still sing because our God has commanded it to be done. But it's more than just a commandment. It's not just the law of God. We sing because God has revealed in the sight of all peoples his righteousness. He has worked salvation for all of us in his son Jesus. He has remembered us in his steadfast love. But even more so, the prophet Isaiah gives us great insight into how we ought to view our worship here. As Jesus says in Matthew 18, wherever two or three are gathered in Christ's name, he is right there in their midst. Isaiah reminds us of this, saying, Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. God, our God, the one who has won for us our salvation, is here in our midst. He has spoken to us through his word. He is here on the altar behind me, under the bread and wine, to give us his body and blood to eat and drink. God is here in our midst. And when we sing his praises in this place, we are confessing this heavenly reality has come down to earth. Singing follows the presence of God in the Bible just as singing follows the presence of God down to our own day. So let us sing to the Lord, for he has come among us today to make his salvation known to us here. In this place, the very same salvation that he has won for us at the cross, that was delivered to us in the means of grace, that is yours in Christ Jesus our Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In Jesus' name.
And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.